To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Alrighty then. Hey, 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 hey. Hello there. We gotta figure out what we're saying. What we're saying. Hello everyone and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. Episode 43. We are gonna get down to the nitty gritty right off the bat. We're skipping news. Um... There's not a whole lot of news. Yeah. The news is the Mandalorian is kicking. It's it's popping. The yep. Hot Wings Challenge, it just gets hotter and hotter as yep. we go. And uh, other like tidbits, the From a Certain Point of View for Empire Strikes Back came out last Tuesday. So if you haven't already it is gotten on that, shelves. go ahead and grab it. Yes. So far, uh, Wampa Story is the one you're looking out for. Yeah, if you're a, if you're an Audible person, um, if you do enjoy audiobooks, or if you enjoy audiobooks but haven't tried Audible, uh, you can get a 30 day free trial, and use one free credit that they'll give you on from a certain point of view. It's 18 hours of listening fun, uh, so it's a good one to use it on. Yeah, and um, if you're any sort of Star Wars fan, uh, you probably know the name Sam Witwer. Uh, started his Star Wars career as uh, Galen Merrick from The Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. best known for his role as Darth Maul from The Clone Wars and Rebels. You think Rebels. people really know him more as Darth Maul than Absolutely. Starkiller? Yeah, for sure. Because I know a lot of people that just don't know what voice actors are. You know what I mean? They just don't know names like that. I would think Force Unleashed because it's actually his face. But yeah. either way, he's, he's big in the Star Wars world. Yeah, so he, uh, there's a host of readers, mm-hmm. and he is the one that reads the Wampa story. So Wampa's my favorite Star Wars creature, Sam Witwer, one of my favorite Star Wars actors, playing one of my favorite Star Wars characters, reading one of my favorite Star Wars ca- uh, species. Anyways, it was tip-top. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, what a tragic story. What a tragic tale. Anyways, I don't want to give into it. But that does kind of segue us nicely into what we're talking about today. Notice the Darth Maul in my hat. Yeah, I did if you're, see that. If you're watching, <clears throat> if you're doing only audio, well... He's wearing a Darth Maul hat. I'm wearing a Darth Maul hat. This is actually uh, some merch I bought from uh, officially Star Wars. Yeah, I recognize that. So Brody, shout out. Uh, cool dude. Uh, so today we are talking about George Lucas' sequel trilogy. Yeah, so obviously we've got the creator of Star Wars. You have to imagine that before... Disney bought Lucasfilm, George had ideas for where the story would go. Right. You know, on paper after Jedi. And so we're going to kind of get into the ideas that he released, I think, fairly recently in an interview because it's kind of breaking mm-hmm. news ish. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, we always knew that he had plans for a sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, but he always had plans for a prequel trilogy. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's semi common knowledge that he started with A New Hope because that was the greatest singular story. Right. Did four, five, and six. Went back and did one, two, and three, you know, 15 years later. So who knows if he wasn't waiting 15 years and was going to start the sequel trilogy now. Right. If well, and what I think... You fans out there weren't so barbaric. What I think is, because if you watch the making, especially of The Phantom Menace, George is still kind of figuring out the ins and out of the story. You know what I mean? As it's unfolding, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. seeing how it'll play out. Um, but I think he kind of probably had a stronger vision for the sequel trilogy once he finished the prequel trilogy. But I think he was a gentleman and held out his plans just so that the sequel trilogy by Disney could get its full honor. Yeah. No, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, George is definitely a gentleman. Um, and part of it is, this is just the sad truth, I think he doesn't like to talk about it because it makes him sad. Well, I got depressing fast. All right. Because yeah. uh, he had ideas. He was pitching to Disney. When he sold Star he Wars... Was what? He had plans that he was pitching. <laughs> Make sure you guys heard that correctly. Um, but he had he was sitting in on the early meetings. Right, right. And they right. were like, no, we don't want that. Oh, my God. If I could have been in that meeting, I would have been like, you guys shut up and listen to Georgie. Uh, so. And I think, <clears throat> just to get a little segue-y, uh one of the greatest things that we've seen in The Mandalorian is the fact that they're paying George's ideas so much respect. 
You know what I mean? That's why I think it's felt the most like Star Wars that Star Wars has put out here in a little while. What do you mean by that? I, I know what, what you mean, mean but like, what? No, no, no. What? What are they doing to pay homage to Georgia stuff? Just because you've got Dave Filoni and John Favreau, two of like the biggest Star Wars fans that are in Star Wars right now, mm-hmm. and Dave Filoni spent a ton of time with George. Yeah, you know, it's just it, yeah. Dave Filoni is like George Junior. Right now, it's the most like George has been on set that mm-hmm. it's been for a while. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think if George Lucas actually gave input, Dave Filoni would jump on that ten thousand times out of ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's cool because. Um, you know, I do respect that Ryan Johnson is a huge Star Wars fan, and that's mm-hmm. some of the reason that it felt so different because he brought his own love for Star Wars into it. I'm not one of those people that's like, Ryan Johnson hates Star Wars. He obviously loves Star Wars, and he got to make his own movie, so he did, you know, he ran out with his own ideas. If I got the the leash, I would do the same thing. Um, this just in, Boba Fett kills Kylo Ren. Uh, but um, I think that... Dave has a deeper understanding because of his relation, like you said, with George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of times that Dave will have an opinion, but his opinion is based within some of the time that he spent with George in the mm-hmm. relationship there. So anyways, um, some of the things that we have gotten before were rumors of exploring, um, you know, we've talked about before, we would love to watch the George Lucas sequels, but a lot of the people in the world would hate it because... George's mind just works differently. And that's what makes George Lucas so great is that he's not, you know, he's not a cookie cutter kind of guy. Um, he, you know, he was doing, when he was doing Star Wars, uh, he did not want to be in the director's guild. And he was kind of like, no, you guys are going to tell me how to do my thing. I'm not going to be part of the guild. That's one of the reasons that we've never gotten a Steven Spielberg directed Star Wars movie is because Steven is obviously so deep into the director's guild. And George was like, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, so he's got he's got an outside the box kind of mind, um, but sometimes you know you have a Jar Jar character that it takes people twenty years to love, um, and so and then some. I don't know. I think there's more Jar Jar fans than you would think. And then some. The day that those pre-orders went up for that Jar Jar Black series, it was selling like hotcakes. You couldn't get it on any website. And then again, there's still a lot of people that hate Jar Jar in spite of the fact that it was sold out. My, I, I, I get what you're saying though. I would say the deeper you go in Star Wars fandom, the more likely someone likes him than doesn't like him. Not that you're not a deep fan, but I'm saying, does that make sense? Nope. The deeper, the more someone loves Star Wars. I know what you're saying, I disagree, but that's fine. I don't know. I know you don't know, but it's fine, we'll move on. I don't know why you're getting angry. I'm not angry. uh, I just don't want to get caught up on it. The more surface level people are like, yeah, he's annoying, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, those are the people who didn't like episode two of the season of The Mandalorian. I digress. Um, But... A recent book came out, uh, or is coming out, but it's been talked about. Uh, it's something that is very, very cool. Uh, it's called Star Wars Archives, Episodes 1 through 3, 1999 to 2005. Uh, written and kind of helped put together by uh, Mr. Paul Duncan. And he, two years ago, uh, wrote the same book for 4, 5, and 6 for the original trilogy. And uh, it's very cool because he basically goes to George and is like, tell me, all about the making of and the soul and the heart and what it takes and how you create this universe. So it's very interesting. It's a very cool book because um, if you get a visual guide to The Force Awakens or something like that, everything is immersive in world. It's like you're reading a history book within Star Wars. It's like, this is how this person got here. It doesn't talk much about the creation of that character. Mm -hmm. Um, Then if you get a book that's, you know, behind the scenes of Star Wars, you're going to see the creation of Star Wars, but it doesn't have that immersive, here's why this is the way it is. So these archive, Star Wars archive, original trilogy, Star, uh, Star Wars archive, episodes one through three, beautiful blend of both, where of course it's because you're talking to George, here's the story, and here's why we did it this way, and here's how the character comes about, and now here's the heart of the character, and stuff like that. So it's a really, really cool mix. I'm sure it's gonna be hecka expensive, but I'm still gonna try to get it. Um, so, uh, People like, uh, he was talking to Doug Chang. Like, that was one of the guys that George says, this is, when you want to talk about the creation of the prequels, this is one of the guys that was one of the heads. You know, here's, talk to him about the creation of characters. And I was watching that interview today, or not his interview, but him just talking about the the process. And he said, to create, uh, Doug put himself on a pace of trying to create five characters per day. And 
uh, just the process of you have a sketch, you take you know ten sketches to George. He likes four of them. You build models of four of them, and you start with a bust. If he wants to see more than a bust, then you build the almost like a full scale model. Um, and you kind of see that when he picks decks. You remember that mm-hmm. from Clone Wars yeah. or from Attack of the Clones? So that was really cool. Well, the last section of the book is called Talking to George slash Life After Episodes 1 through 3. And um, it's very cool because he's talking to George about life after Episodes 1 through 3, meaning the sale of Disney or sale to Disney, the sale of Star Wars, why he did it, and if he hadn't done it, what the plans were. And up until now, we had... um, you know, talks about the wills. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what were your thoughts on that? What were your, were you into that? Do you think it was a little bit too deep for the average person? I don't care about the average person. <laughs> I'm all about me when it comes to Star Wars. Like, you know, I want what I want. Uh, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, if there's a person who can't get into it, they just need to get over that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like that people want to critique Star Wars because they don't get it. You know what I mean? I, I, I hate that Star Wars has to pander to people. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think if if they really want to, they would rise to the challenge. But um, I would have loved to see that because it's barely touched on in the Clone Wars, and I think it's one of the most um, unexplored but influential aspects of the Star Wars universe, especially yeah. when we consider how it played into Episodes four through six, which is everybody's favorite for the most part. Mm. You know, broad strokes here. Um, and really, without the wills and the way that they played into it, as we saw in the Clone Wars, that would never have been able to happen. We would right. never have been Kenobi guiding Luke. We would never have him, uh, you know, connecting Luke to Yoda. We would never have, you know, any of that kind of reconnection that we see at the end of Jedi, where uh, there's life after death, that there is basically the universe celebrating what Luke had done. And so I, I just would love to see how that plays out. I would love to see... Um, Qui-Gon's exploration, how did he find out about the wills? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are a lot of questions that I have that I would like to have answers to. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you have um, you have things that it seems on the surface level to an average person or before you really break it down, you're like, okay, so we're going to talk about the wills for three movies. Um, but it's kind of like the end of the third episode of this season of The Mandalorian. Obviously, by the time this airs, it's going to be Monday, so you should have watched it by now. Spoilers coming in. Um, but when you name drop someone like Ahsoka Tano, it's mm-hmm. like, are we going to see Rex? Are we going to see Zeb? Are we going to see Ezra? Are we going to see Thrawn? Are we going to see flashbacks of Kanan? Are we going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. not that any of those things are, all of those things are possible. Um, not that we're actually going to get any of those. Cause I know that they don't want to rob the spotlight from mm-hmm. Mando. And I, and and I wouldn't and, want them to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But just having just, she is the Kevin Bacon, you know, where it's like, now we can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned that in the, in the review episode. So. Uh, when you talk about the wills, kind of like what you were saying, it's yeah, it seems like it's kind of a niche corner, mm-hmm. but the wills have everything to do with everything. Yeah, you know, and uh, some of the coolest stories are from uh, you know when the A New Hope, from a certain point of view, came out. There was mm-hmm. the very last story is you know how the wills see things going. Yeah, and then we haven't obviously we're both reading the Empire version. We haven't gotten to the end, but the last story in that one is going to be. The wills, and I'm sure that in four years, when from a certain point of view for Jedi comes out, God willing, we're still doing this show. <laughs> uh, you know, millionaires by then. Uh, <laughs> um, Hear that? Potential sponsors? We've got ambition. Yeah, we're here for you, and we'd like your money and whatever it takes, we'll take it. No, uh, so, uh, but for I assume for Return of the Jedi, the yeah. very final story will be something that the wills had to do with. You know. Yeah. Uh, Something about the Chosen One and you well, know and the fall of the Emperor and I things think like that. By the time we get to Empire, because you see in A New Hope, Ben's kind of guiding Luke already. You know, right. Especially you see that in the trench scene. But by the time we get to Empire, we have like a fully cor- corporeal, you know, Ben Kenobi from the other side. He right. appears to Luke, you know, in the middle of the blizzard, tells him where to go next. So now we've got the Force really playing a part mm-hmm. in the goings on of the galaxy. And I just think that that is much bigger news than it's been given a headline for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever thought about the fact that we're going to be almost 70 by the time, from a certain point of view, for Rise of Skywalker comes out? Hopefully dead by then. I wake up every morning and I'm disappointed. If it is, every- 
Um, if they do stick to the 40 years thing, 20, yeah. 20, uh, 59. What I think about is that if they don't stick to the 40 years thing, then we're going to get fewer stories. You know what I mean? So, right. But I would like to be alive and still able to read when those come out. We'll see if Disney's playing the long game or not. Well, I am a little nervous because 20 years of Phantom Menace just passed and nothing. Yeah. So 25 years maybe? Well, and I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want Phantom Menace to eclipse, you know, all mm-hmm. the hype for... Mm-hmm. I mean, they had big news at the end of 19. So we'll see. So if if it's every 40 years, then in 2024 we'll get... Um, Jedi, mm-hmm. and if it was every twenty five years for the pre for the prequel trilogy, <laughs> then maybe they can put out Jedi in like May, and then Phantom Menace in later in the year. I don't know. Maybe you should start writing a letter campaign. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm already emailing folks. Uh, so we knew about the wills, and we knew it was a little bit niche, and we we weren't sure how much of a story that could create. Yes, it could be a biography. Yes, it could be a sick documentary. Type of thing, you know what I'm saying? But how much of a movie could it be? I think it could be like several movies. Well, yeah, I know, you know but I mean? I'm, but I'm saying like how you know where does it fit into the timeline well, and all those other kind of things? It, it is the timeline, you know what I mean? We're getting yeah. the Kenobi series. We're gonna get six to eight hours of content, is what right, I'm saying. Right, right. What I'm and saying that's is just his life on Tatooine. It's just one man. But how you know does I mean? it fit? How does it become a sequel trilogy? You know, what is what do the Wills have to say after all this? That that's that were those are the questions that were coming up. So this new news really kind of puts into perspective um, how there were many avenues that they could have been in or different directions they could have gone. And so this is going to be a really fun uh, episode because it's going to be a ton of speculation. Mm-hmm. Speculation is where Josiah and I tend to disagree the most. So I'm not angry. I would just like to... Uh, he just, just sounds angry. I just have my opinions. <laughs> okay. So, I'm angry because Josiah says that I'm angry. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so here is something. Uh, this is a picture of the, the uh, page of the book. Okay, mm-hmm. that's someone that's got an early, early release or something, yeah. right? So their picture, not mine. So don't get mad at me, anyone that's not watching this. Uh, okay, so the big bad of the sequel trilogy was going to be bum, 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 Darth Maul. Yeah. So Which is now I'm cool already angry because that we didn't get this. George, I think, was really excited about Darth Maul. And I think in its time, Darth Maul was kind of a Phasma character. You know, he was big hyped up. Oh, yeah. And then wasn't used as much as I think some people expected him to. And then, for all we knew, was dead at the end of the movie. Uh, right. I think George was more attached to that character than he the realized that Phantom played out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's cool that he ambi- had ambitions to bring him back to give him his just desserts. Yeah. Well, it was cool because the way that the story did play out... We got Maul, but his "quote unquote" death, his mm-hmm. his prolonged non-existence, yeah. helped bring about a Jango Fett, a General Grievous, a Count Dooku, and now we have all those characters. Yeah, perfect storm. Okay, uh, a new interview with George Lucas. So this is obviously talking about the book, uh, the Star Wars Archives. Uh, says that one of the drafts for a sequel trilogy pitch uh, that George had indicated that Lucas wanted to bring not only Darth Maul back. But also a character by the name of Darth Talon. Yeah. What's the timestamp right now? Just so we know. 18. 18 minutes. Okay, we got time. Sweet. 18 so, minutes. Uh, Darth Talon, for those of you who don't know, and I think it's pretty cool because this is something that George does very rarely. Um, it says in his description, Darth Talon, who's in the comic books. Yeah. Um, which is, some. I think, the only other person that I know of for sure that George had his hand in the mixed was in the mixed, in the midst, the mix, either one, uh, was for Quinlan Voss, that he really liked the character of Quinlan Voss, and yeah. he brought him in and made him. And Ayla Sakura. Yeah. Which, which was from been, the Voss yeah. character, yeah. Uh, so it says, uh, her backstory would have been completely reworked. In the new backstory, Maul would have trained Talon as his new apprentice, effectively making her the new Darth Vader. In this new story, while Maul would uh, take after Sidious, establishing power by creating a crime network... From the shadows uh, becoming a new threat after the fall of the Empire. Do we know if this is before or after the way he envisioned this would have been before or after the way Maul kind of re-showed up in the Clone Wars? What do you mean by that? So when Maul showed up again, Uh he 
kind of had ambitions to follow Kenobi, but those also unfolded into him kind of gaining control of the underworld. Right. Which is kind of how George is describing Maul's role after Jedi. So I'm just curious if he meant to mesh those so, together or if one... My understanding is, I think that... Um, okay, so Maul reappears mm-hmm. and in Clone Wars he creates the Shadow Collective, which quickly and easily becomes the strongest crime syndicate on right. the market, right? Right. On the black market, that is. <laughs> and then um, with season seven, he says, let's get as much power as we can and go underground. Right. I think that he would have basically had figureheads like a Dryden Voss, like a Jabba the Hutt, if he did keep Jabba under his finger, if that was included, things that like that. That would have been tough to do. Um, the Pikes. He would have had basically how we see it from Solo, right? Where you have mm-hmm. Crimson Dawn and everybody's like, right. don't, don't upset Dryden Voss, don't upset Dryden Voss. And Dryden goes, you know that he doesn't like, you know, yeah. don't screw up. Right. Well, and that's what I'm curious about is if Maul, like his vision of Maul kind of shifted after we saw the way that Maul started controlling things from behind the scenes right. in Clone Wars right. or if it was the other way around. I would bet that it's... Because a- I know, Filoni had his... <clears throat> he was in the midst of the making of Clone Wars. So I feel mm-hmm. like if George would have trusted anybody, it would have been him. You know? Sure. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think I could see I could see Dave Filoni being the new Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen was close to him on Indiana mm-hmm. Jones and things like that. She worked hand in hand with him. He could be the new Rick McCallum. You know the guy from uh, the Phantom Menace that always goes, "Dude," you know what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. He's the guy that's on the phone with Ewan McGregor, and he's like, "Oh, okay, okay, bro, okay. we got we got Liam, dude." Yeah. Uh, so you're talking about like in the Phantom Menace, and I was like, I oh, can't no, no, remember no. anybody in the Phantom Menace. Saying, every dude, oh dude, every time he talks, he's except like, except for maybe Quinlan, and we just couldn't hear him. Every time he talks, he's like, it's gonna be so effing great. Like he just, he's very like, he's a salesman. Um, I remember I he was see, really excited when he signed you and yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see um, Dave being like that right hand guy. Uh, so I can't tell if, like you said, maybe it's a mixture of both. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to see where the the circle started. Maybe, maybe, maybe establish Maul a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have him pull off into the shadows. He disappears, you know, yeah. off the map. Uh, and I would assume he'd have to go into like the unknown regions or something. Maul has a strong enough presence and a footprint in the Force that Sidious knows where he is at all times. It, I would imagine that he would be. Then good. again, he didn't know where he was. He thought that he had died. So. I think that's when he was kind of weak, but when he... Once he gained power... Because Maul kind of lost himself as well, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Maul could have been looking good if he would have held out somewhere like Dathomir, Mm -hmm. like a really dark side presence, Mm -hmm. um, because he would have, in the force, been very similar to what's going on I mean, he could have been on Dagobah. Right. You know, something like that, similar to what Yoda's talking about. Um, Okay, so what it says is uh, Maul would take... After Sidious establishing power of tower by creating a crime network and the shadows becoming a new threat after the fall of the empire, mm-hmm. basically uh, other things that I've read tweets and stuff from uh, people who have read the book yes. say that not entirely dissimilar to how he was looking in the end of season seven. Clone Wars. Right, as the it's it's almost it's the same but mirrored of the rise of the empire versus the fall of the empire as mm-hmm. the republic waned. He would pick up pieces that they could have held back on the the syndicates. As the empire begins to fall, he's picking up the pieces. And by this sequel trilogy, which I imagine to not be near, not not quite as far in the future. Yeah. Um, but not right after. You know, the era of the empire trilogy in in Legends was five years after. I don't think yeah. it would be that quickly. Um, but there is talk of maybe the first movie is right after. And then we fast forward 10 or 15 years to the second movie. Hmm. Um, and so it says... Because it's talking about, sorry, to like jump ahead just a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Luke's trying to reestablish the Jedi. And right. Lucas is talking about it would have been like 20 years before we had the new generation of Jedi, but it's something that George exactly. is envisioning. Exactly. So maybe maybe the crawl talks about reestablishing and then mm-hmm. we're 20 years in the future. War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it says... Uh, the story would begin, here we go, shortly after Return of the Jedi. Sorry, we recant real quick. Uh, the story would begin shortly after Return of the Jedi uh, and would revolve around the Skywalker twins picking up the pieces of Anakin's legacy. Leia would work to restore the Republic and eventually become the Supreme Chancellor, while Luke would seek out a few dozen survivors of Order 66 and seek out children who had Force potential. The story would also have a twist in the prophecy 
in that here's the big here's the big kicker, okay? Mm-hmm. It would have a twist in the prophecy in that Leah would be the one who brought balance to the force, not her father. She would be the chosen one. Um, here is uh, here is from the book, I believe. Uh, it says Darth Maul trained a girl, Darth Talon, who was in the comic books as his apprentice. She was the new Darth Vader, and most of the action was with her. Uh, so these were the two main villains of the trilogy. Maul eventually becomes the godfather of crime in the universe because as the Empire falls, he takes over. The movies are about Leia. I mean, who else is going to be the leader trying to build the New Republic? They still have their apparatus of the Republic, but they have to get it under control from the gangsters. That's the main story. So basically, um, instead of Empire 2.0 First Order, Mm -hmm. it's the crime syndicate controls the known galaxy, which would be pretty wild. It would be like a giant solo movie, which is the second best thing to come out under Disney, um, movie-wise. It says... Um, it starts out a few years after Return of the Jedi, and we established pretty quickly that there's this underworld. Uh, there are these offshoot stormtroopers who started their own planets. Yeah, I don't know how that So works. I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know what that's about. A bunch of Corazons flying around out there. Well, I think what he means is... Yeah, I know what he you means. Know, that, but I wonder what the story is there. There's clearly something there that he plants. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe they are sick of the Empire, and this is their chance to break free, and maybe they're the... you know. You remember at the end of Rise of Skywalker, there are more of us, Poe, mm-hmm. you know, moment. Maybe uh, all uh, these, uh. yeah, all these stormtroopers are fighting for the freedom of the galaxy that they helped oppress kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that would be pretty cool. Uh, it says, Luke is trying to restart the Jedi. He puts word out. So out of 100,000 Jedi that existed pre-Order 66, mm-hmm. maybe 50 or 100 are left. So here's where maybe Quinlan Voss makes an appearance in the sequels, which would have been ballin'. Oh. That means that crook could have been there. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Oh, frick. The Sombrero of the Orient. Could have ridden again. Could have risen. The Rise of the Sombrero of the Orient, <laughs> episode 9. George, if you buy it back, we're still here. Um, I've got dude, ideas, George. Imagine how much he would have to pay, though, to get it back from Disney. I don't think they'd ever sell it. Palpatine's dude. got the Empire now. Yeah. So, it says... Uh, the Jedi have to grow again from scratch, so Luke has to find two or three-year-olds, train them. It'll be 20 years before you have a new generation of Jedi. By the end of the trilogy, Luke would have rebuilt much of the Jedi, so maybe this is 10 years later or whatever, and we would have a new uh, renewal of the New Republic with Leia, Senator Organa, becoming the Supreme Chancellor in charge of everything, and she ends up being the Chosen One. Uh, one of the other things that I read is that Darth Talon... Um, would try to seduce the son of Han and Leia towards the dark side. And if you know what Dark Town looks like, eh, probably in every sense of the word. <laughs> I just um, think it's cool that uh, George was so progressive as to make a female alien person of color one of the main villains. Very, yeah, very the main George. villain. Yeah. So I think it's cool the way he's envisioning Maul as kind of the Palpatine figure, where yeah. Palpatine very much was in the shadows, but still in control, but most of the actions with Vader. Right. Cool. Yeah. Very George. Oh, my God. So we would have seen Luke Skywalker fight Darth Maul. We would have seen it. God. That was a moment of silence <laughs> for the fight that we're never going to see. Uh, you independent filmmakers out there, now's the chance. I know it's not going to be as good as what we would have gotten, but it's something. Budget uh, $25. Get to You work. know what? You stop motion Lego guys, get to it. <laughs> I want to see Luke versus Maul. I'm just getting picture ideas. Um, just crazy stuff, dude. Crazy stuff. Crazy talk. Um, thirsty. Real thirsty. Dude, I feel Star Wars dehydrated now. I just saw episode three of the season two of The Mandalorian, and it's not enough. Uh, so what do you think? What do you, do you, how does, uh, I don't want to get too picky with this, but how do you think that stacks up against what we got? You know. <laughs> oh my God. I do love me some Kylo Ren. Yeah. I do love me some Kylo Ren. You know, I just, uh, but gra- I do love grass is some, always greener. I do love some Darth Maul. You know what I mean? Yeah, imagine this, imagine this. Because we see it now and we see all the bits and pieces, and the reason we love it immediately is because we're filling in all the We also parts love it with, because it's George. Well, and we're seeing only the main points, so all the rest of it is just what we imagine we would like to see. And guarantee you this, if Disney had made this 
somebody out there would be making a video complaining about Darth Maul being back for the fifth time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And imagine this book comes out in an alternate universe somewhere, and it's now George's plan was that Palpatine had done an essence transfer onto a secret Sith planet called Exegol. Been there for thousands of years, and you had to have a Sith Wayfinder to find it. Ben Solo becomes a new character named Kylo Ren. He's the son of Han and Leia, yeah. and he goes to Mustafar, where his grandfather's, you know, his his grandfather's failure forced him into the suit, and he defeats an army of dark dark acolytes to take a Sith holocron and use it as a map within a a new kind of Tie Fighter. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We would have been like, why did we get that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's just anything that we don't have sounds attractive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That having been said, this I, does sound I, would, I would definitely give this a watch. Now, something that I've thought about before that they're probably not going to do, but I would I would love this, is uh, I tweeted out to Star Wars books. This is years and years ago. Never got a reply. Crazy. Uh, yeah, but, you know, they're the hardest person to get a hold of. Out of everyone that I've reached out to, they're the hardest person. I've gotten, ta- I've gotten answers from Lucasfilm Limited before I could get an answer from Del Rey. Isn't that crazy? Anyways... Um, it's because I'm green, isn't it? <laughs> that is not a true toy. Um, the thing that got me was um, I asked them, can we continue different stories and whatever, and you just print it from the get-go with the Legends banner. Yeah, we're just kind of speculating multiverse here. Yeah, why not? Get like the Miles Morales version of Star Wars. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, um, you know, I got into this stupid argument on Instagram the other day with... It was stupid. Uh, yeah, this one guy said, I can't believe um, he was mad because he was saying that Disney was racist for casting a white guy as the Mandalorian. And I was like, you realize that his name is Pedro Pascal and he was born in Chile, right? And he was like, never mind, didn't realize. And I was like, all right, have one of a nine. You know, like, it's the 12 freaking comments. Anyways, um... But I, he had commented on a stack of books I had of The Legacy of the Force, my favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars series. And I don't – I've said this a thousand times, so you're, you guys are going to be sick of it. But I don't understand the concept of I'm not allowed to read this book now because Disney said it's not real. I think it's just the stigma of it's not official so it's not real. Hmm. You know what I mean? But then yeah. people forget none of it's real. So Right? This is the real Star Wars. Right. Um, you, the real fake story. Yeah, exactly. The real story that never happened. Um, and also what's crazy is uh, if you if you want to jump back and forth, that's your prerogative. Right. You know? And well, uh, and I, I have a, a friend, and she was asking for Star Wars books to read. And my first recommendation was where I started, which was Plagueis. I was like, oh, it's not... I thought you were going to say Darth Bane. It's not canon anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's still a fantastic book. You mm-hmm. get great character development. You get... Uh, cool looks at the Force that I think aren't really presented in any other Star Wars book that I've read. Um, and you can still appreciate it. It's, right. it's not going to necessarily add to what's considered canon, but it's not going to detract either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the weird thing to me is, unless you're like playing Star Wars Yu-Gi-Oh! and you're like, that power doesn't count anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's the difference? Um, I love Kylo Ren. I love that we got to see him on screen. I think Adam Driver did a fantastic job. The story and the rise and fall of Jason Solo from Legends is much more in-depth. It's much more tragic because if you're a reader, Mm -hmm. you know him so much better before the fall. Well, and I think that's just the comparison of books and movies anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember anybody who will say, for instance, Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, that the the books are better. 100% agree. But nobody's going to sit there for a 14-hour movie to get all the details that are in the book. You know what I mean? Each one of those movies, or each one of those books, you know, it would have to be like its own oh, three yeah. or four movies. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's just too picky. You oh. know what I mean? And I would like to say this. I would like to say for those of you who are mad about the cancellation of the cancellation, mm-hmm. quote unquote, of the expanded universe, legends, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's interesting because uh, me and a few of friends were talking about this, but George Lucas... You know, he pulled a Disney here with this concept mm-hmm. and goes, oh, yeah, here's Darth Talon. She's part of the one Sith from my Luke's great-great-grandson, Kate Skywalker. 
you know, a hundred something years in the future. Yeah, he's just. She would be cool. Fifteen years after Return of the Jedi, he's just bits and pizza. Yeah, he's <laughs> bits and pizza. He just boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. Yeah. Uh, so pizza. It's, yeah, pizza. Some nuts. Uh, so it's the same. It's the same concept of hey, Jason Solo is a cool character, but what if we do him this way? Yeah. You know. Um, hey, here's a cool thing of essence transfer. Right. What if we do it where the body can't hold yeah. Palpatine? You know, things like that. And it's not dissimilar to what they did with Thrawn, where yeah, exactly, super cool character. He's after the fall of the Empire, but he doesn't fit there now. Here's so a great gonna, place to you know, fit him. We're yeah. gonna put him somewhere else, and I, I, I still love him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Still a big fan, huge fan. Um, so the way it would play out, I imagine that. Ben or whatever his name would be, Jason, mm-hmm. would partially fall. Um, man, that would be rough. I guess there's my my thought would I be the the big bad would yeah. be Jason. I mean, it would be Maul versus Luke. But if Maul is overthrown by Talon, two or three movies in, well, and I think that that would just be a subplot overall. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because there's already enough going on. Yeah, maybe it's a lot of maybe it's similar to maybe it's similar to. The original trilogy, and it's join me. We can overthrow Darth Maul. You know. Yeah, I mean that's just the tale of the Sith. Yeah, head tales of the Sith. <laughs> Pretty funny, but yeah, it would be very interesting. Man, it would be so cool to see. You know, obviously, I believe that maybe Leia would be force sensitive mm-hmm. in this, but maybe not. She, her, he kind of kept her in the political spectrum. Uh, yeah, but that isn't necessarily to detract from her. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Even in the Legends material, you see Leia. She's been trained by Luke. She still has a lightsaber, mm-hmm. you know, but she keeps in the political arena. That's her choice. It's really cool because on the cover of some of the books from that Legacy of the Force series, she's a senator or whatever, mm-hmm. but she kind of has a Jedi-ish type outfit. Yeah. She has kind of a Jedi-ish outfit, but it's white like what she would wear as the Princess right. of Alderaan. Well, and I think it, it's just the fact that she would be wasted as a Jedi. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. as a Jedi, the best she would be as a diplomat. Yeah. You know what I mean? As, yeah, she would be wasted politician. to be strictly one or the other. Right. But she's a beautiful picture of the, right. you know, both. I think something else that's interesting from this description is that George describes Han and Leia as the Skywalker twins. Mm-hmm. Which I know is a stupid thing to say, but... You mean Luke and Leia? What did I say? I think you said Han and Leia. I'm sorry. Luke and Leia, mm-hmm. he called them the Skywalker twins, right? Mm-hmm. And they're twins. We have, everybody knows that. But mm-hmm. I, I just think of them as separate. You know what I mean? Like be, they're so separate in my mind, but it's so different as the way that George would think about them. Yeah, he just thinks it would about be them interesting as twins, if the like a match set. Yeah, it would be interesting if in that sequel trilogy, if they did get to work together a lot, if you could see that bond grow, that would be something that would be that would have been cool to see. Mm-hmm. That's something that we missed out on with the sequels. Yeah. Because we didn't get the trio on screen together. One thing that I think is interesting and it and it did kind of get picked up in Rise of Skywalker is the idea of a uh, force connection. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. I know in the books, I think it's the this trilogy that's after the Air of the Empire trilogy, where um Han is kind of like picked up by Leia, but Leia's connection to Luke and the Force is much stronger. Mm. And then it talks about the Force connection between Han and Leia's twins. Are you talking about the Hand of Thrawn duology? Yeah. Yeah. How their their Force connection is really strong. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool if they became a dyad, if they were a dyad. Yeah. I think that maybe that's where they pulled that concept from, Mm. because I don't remember it being talked about so strongly anywhere else. Right. yeah, it would have been cool to see her kind of be both. Um, it would have been cool. I know that George would have had the golden trio mm-hmm. on the screen at the same time. Man, it really does blow my mind that we got Harrison Ford back on board. I know Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill would have wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. But to to really bring Harrison Ford back and not have the three of them on screen at the same time, that's just such a waste. I um, Speaking of Harrison Ford, watched Call of the Wild today. Oh, really? Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. Hmm. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. I remember me and Chance were talking about it nonstop before it came out, and then it came out and I haven't watched it, and it's been streaming for I, forever. I texted Chance, and I was like, hey, if you watched Call of the Wild yet, I remember you were really excited about it. And I mm-hmm. knew he was excited about it because he covered his eyes and put his headphones in so that he wouldn't see any of the details theater? in the trailer. I remember that. I was like, oh, he's dedicated. Yeah. He wouldn't even look at the movie poster. Yeah. And so uh, he's like, I haven't watched it yet. And I was like, it's pretty good so far. And he's like, I'll get around to it eventually. And I said, is that a the title of your life story. 
<laughs> yeah, he dude. said, Un- unfortunately, you're not wrong. And I said, that's the title of mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Man. But just to think, like, uh, okay, so survivors of Order 66, you could have Quinlan Vosh, you could have Crook, you could bring freaking... It's kind of, it's very similar to uh, the conversation oh. you and I had about the name dropping of Ahsoka Tano and the appearance of Bogotan. It's just kind of Pandora's box, you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, that's a bridge into so many other things. But I think if you had comic characters that came in versus Clone Wars characters mm-hmm. and Rebels characters, it would be easier to just have them as a background. Well, and he could be Crook could be the new Mace Windu. Well, he's cool, but he's not the main guy. Is that it's mainline story now, so it's a different feel. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. gonna want to bring in the big characters. In. Yeah. I think and it should be treated have... differently than Mandalorian, where you want to you want to stay B roll. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. You want to you want to keep the sidelines of the galaxy in the main. In the main view of the story. Yeah, line. that's very true. You don't you don't really want the main, main, main players in because they'll take right. over the screen. Right, for sure. And Crook was a cool enough guy that someone like me would be like, oh, there the freak he is. Yeah. But he's niche enough that, you know, an average viewer would be like, oh, that's a cool looking guy. He looks kind of like a warthog a little bit. Yeah. You know, Ironically, just go from there. not dissimilar to Maul's appearance at the end of Solo. You know what I mean? That nobody yeah. understood that who didn't watch the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that for everybody who did watch the Clone Wars were like, here it freaking is, you know? Yeah. And then, and then everybody else is like, Darth Maul alive? How are we not getting Solo 2 right now? Because it's a solo film. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thanks. Man, I just feel like they I feel like they pushed it. I would have almost just I don't know. It costs a lot of money to push back a movie, but just from how much negativity was around from Last Jedi. Yeah. I almost would have just held off. But man. There are people getting paid think, a lot of money to make those decisions. They, I think it would have they sold it. been just as negative if they had done that because then there would have been antipathy mm-hmm. about, you know, oh, why are they pushing it back? You know, we probably they, sucks. Why are they trying to hide from us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I'm just so sick of people. You know who did get away with that was the, the Sonic movie. Where they were talking about stuff and they had those preemptive releases. And yeah, but like they got trash. away with it because everybody was like, please... Please wait. Yeah. But That's, the thing is... I heard it was good, though, when it yeah, came out. Yeah, everybody was really happy about it. You know, the way they had... They took a lot of time and a lot of money to redesign it, you know, to make it... To right. Everybody was like, all right, this is what we're talking about. Right. But I think Star Wars already had that negative air that they didn't have that fan backing. You know what I mean? And there wasn't enough release for people to be like, you need to save this. Yeah. So I, th- I think probably they made the good call. Man, talk about Ron Howard coming in and saving Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Lord and Miller, but I did not want a Lego movie, Star Wars movie. Yeah. You know, maybe a little too slapsticky. Yeah. So I was glad that Ron came in and saved it. Ron has a good relationship with George Lucas, mm-hmm. is my understanding, and Steve Spielberg. <laughs> um, and then Bryce Dallas Howard, his daughter, uh, directed episode four of first season Mandalorian, that mm-hmm. cool episode with the Clatchwinian Raider and the ATST, the one we meet Cara Dune and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, and then she directed episode three of this season. Correct. So she's she's doing really really good. Yeah. I I think that all the directors have done a really great job. You know, to reference uh, another Ron Howard movie that I already talked about today, uh, The Grinch. I just think it's really funny how uh, his brother is yeah. like the stooge. Yeah. Because just I didn't know that it was it was Ron Howard's brother, but the sidekick of the mayor is Ron Howard's brother. And he's like, all right, you can be in the movie, but you're going to be an idiot. Well, it's funny because Ron Howard's brother is uh, in Solo. Yeah. And whenever they're like... He makes a lot of his appearances. in every single one of his Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. When L3's like, droid rights, <laughs> Ron Howard's brother's like, he's never had it so good. <laughs> Dude, what a funny character. He's he's just such a goob. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, that droid din felt the most like the cantina out of a lot of the... Uh, you know, you have the... The castle with with uh, Maz Kanata, yeah. and you have Canto Bite, and you have all these places. Did that feel the most like the Cantina to you out of the new stuff? Are you talking about on uh... when they're finding Lando and they're watching the droid oh, okay. fight? Okay, I thought you were talking about the uh, the mines on Castle, like where all the droids wrap. No, 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 no. Um, the most like I think the most like the Cantina to me was Maz's Cantina. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I felt like there was a sense of goodwill in that place that was not as slimy as the cantina. Yeah, but you still had like the the good and the bad there. You definitely, know I mean? definitely. You had the. And you know what? I think part of it was spoiled for me by listening to some audiobook. I can't remember what it was, but it was like Moz had a no fighting, you can't ever come back, like rule. Was it Force Collector? No, no, no. It was this was like Journey to the Force Awakens. Oh, okay. It was like a short story collection from stuff before the force awakens and it was one uh, funny tidbit from force collector was that han gave maz luke's medal yeah 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 and he didn't give him his own medal yeah that is a really han solo thing to do hey also from certain point of view again we're like five or six or seven stories in something like that i guess i'm on my 10th story because i'm a quarter of the way through uh a lot of these writers do not like han they don't like han at all I they do not like our, Han Solo. Our plan is to talk about that next week, so I don't yeah. want to get too into it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Blast no... Points is putting out their episode this Tuesday about it, and I messaged them, and uh, and I said, uh, "Hey, there's a lot of uh, built on hope quotes in here," and he goes, "Yeah, we talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm interested to hear their thoughts as well, yeah. and then we're gonna have our review episode this next week. Um, but dude, just think about that. So Darth Talon, who is part of, if you don't know who that is, Darth Crates, uh, Sith Empire that takes over. Who I believe and, we talked about in the Tuscans episode. Yeah, just a smidge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you so get, Darth Crate. Get a little back info there. Yeah, if you like that. Uh, Darth Crate is uh, raised as a Tuscan Raider, mm-hmm. becomes a Jedi, escapes Order sixty six, really has a hard time, kind of hates the world, mm-hmm. been betrayed, betrayed, betrayed. Um, Apparently lives forever. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is he um, he goes and he uh, it's it's an interesting force thing where he goes into the temples on Korriban yeah. and as he's studying, it's very similar to stuff that we would read in the Darth Bane trilogy, where mm-hmm. it's like, and hours would pass and he had no clue because the wisdom of the force was sustaining him. You know, stuff yeah. like that. And so he came out and it was like. The end of everything. He came out and the trailers were rolling and he was like, now I'm mad. And uh, I think it was shortly after that that he was trapped by the Yuuzhan Vong. Anyway, something like that where by the time he creates the one Sith and attacks the galaxy, it's Kate Skywalker who has to be, if all the lines is congruent in Legends, you have Luke and Luke has Ben. And even if Ben is directly related to Kate's dad, that would be... uh, you know, Luke's great-grandson, yeah. Kate Skywalker. And so uh, the one Sith attack, and Talon is one of his mm-hmm. main right-hand people. So you have uh, Darth Malaval, which is uh, the ultimate uh, freaking... Uh... UFC fighter? <laughs> no, that's funny, though. <laughs> Jorge Malaval. Uh, no, he's uh, the ultimate Quarren, because he's a Sith. Dude, imagine those guys... Imagine how painful it would be when they're tattooing those balls on the back of your head. <laughs> oh my god. You would probably have to take some heroin to get through that one. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> We're going for well, all Well, you the... could go to Oregon and get that heroin legally. Dude, I that saw... That picture with the straw? I saw a meme at him, and it was a picture of someone snorting coke with a, with a, a plastic, plastic straw. straw and I was like, one of these is illegal in Oregon. How crazy is that? We are in so weird so... times now, folks. Soon and very soon. Uh, so, but yeah, so we're talking, you know, probably a hundred years later, and it's just cool. And I think it speaks a lot to don't take legends so seriously, guys. You can read those stories and read right. those comics and stuff and enjoy them. But George Lucas himself was like, "Here's a cool character that I'll sell a toy." Boink! I'll yeah. take her a hundred years into the past. You know what I mean? Uh, so, very, very interesting concept, and. Um, Man, some awesome stuff, but I don't want to drag it out. But, um, man, just what could have been and what, what Mike still could be yeah. uh, if they do some kind of crazy spinoff comic or whatever. I would love to have yeah. that. I would love to be... Well, and I think the important you know, thing to remember is that don't get so attached to this that you hate what you have. You know what I mean? I think the yeah, sweetest exactly. thing about having this is being able to enjoy both. Exactly. Exactly. Because there uh, are things I would definitely miss about the sequel trilogy that we've got. Yeah. You know? You know, if, for as tragic as it was, there was a magical span of about three years where Snoke was just the coolest thing. <laughs> and I will cherish that forever. You know, leading up to The Force Awakens, right. leading up to The Last Jedi. 
Well, and you know what? We, we've talked still about this before, there. but we've still gotten so much Star Wars content, like more than we've ever gotten before yeah. in such a small amount of time. Um, I think it's just such a, a big thing to, like it's such a big machine to drive. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think any one person could have done it. So it's cool to have all those things. And, you know, now we've got the High Republic coming out. That's yeah. a whole new era we're exploring. Um, they're discussing, you know, on top of the Kenobi series that we've already got, Mandalorian Season 3, which starts filming soon. Um, we're going to get Possible the, rumored Boba Fett series. Yeah. and then, Don't forget the Cassian Andor series is still a thing. And the rumored, like, Old Republic trilogy that may be coming out. So Yep. 20, 2022, 2024, and 2026, I believe, is when those were supposed to start. So, so we really need this corona thing to... to to get fixed because think about that filming and casting and all that stuff for 2022 yeah, napping for six months was cool but now you're messing with my star wars yeah yeah come on come <laughs> on come on come on um but yeah and if you want if, you, if you're uh wanting to be like man what would that be like to to read those stories um you know you can still watch clone Wars season seven and look at what maul became you can still read the son of dathomir comic and see what it was like when he busted out of yeah. being held by palpatine you, you can, can go and, explore dark talon and you can go the find series. yeah go find Legacy of the Force is the rise and fall of Jason Solo, and then the Fate of the Jedi is the rise and fall of Abeloth. At the very end of that, Darth Krayt and Luke work together to defeat Abeloth. And then if you go far into the future, you can read the Legacy comics. So Legacy of the Force novels, and then years later, Legacy comics. Um, they're all on Kindle. They're all out there somewhere to find, to buy. Um, they just recently released the third um, album or whatever you want to call it, collection. You know, mm-hmm. Marvel has those collections right. of like a ton of whatever, 50 issues or whatever. And they've they've recently released one, two, and three of the Legacy series. So if you're a person that needs it in your hand, yeah. um, I'm sure for a price, mm-hmm. it's available to you. Correct. Um, but there's tons of stuff to still celebrate that you can sure, go and sure. read. And, and it's, never too, it's never too late to be uh, a bigger Star Wars fan, yeah, and uh, that's the beautiful thing is that Star Wars it's is still forever. There. It's still there. Those books haven't been banned. We're not in Nazi Germany. You yeah, know, they haven't been burned. They're still that's in how people, print. That's how you people feel. I mean? Yeah, you can. And maybe you need to spend a little bit more coin if you don't want the Legends banner. But if you don't care about that, Amazon six bucks, eight bucks, you can get the whole, uh, you know, eight bucks a book. Yeah. So those things are still there, and uh, Star Wars is is about love. It's for kids. It's a reprieve from everyday life. So don't take the stress that you feel from your everyday life and your job that sucks or whatever yeah. and force that into your Star Wars. You know, you need to kick your legs up at the end of the day and put on some smooth jazz and read a Star Wars book to relax. So, anyways, Listen some to awesome, the awesome Calrissian stuff. Chronicles. Now, that is a book that I would love to read. I would read the crap out of that. I would read the crap out of it. And the audiobook would be straight fire. We would hear someone's Samuel L. Jackson impression for Lando Calrissian. <laughs> now listen here. All right, very cool. Well, uh, very cool speculation episode. And uh, that book, I don't know when it's coming out, the, the archives book that's coming out, but it's going to be amazing, chock full of images and interviews. Um, but $152 pre-sale on Amazon. $152? No. $100 so, or $200? $152. So if anybody out there uh, just feeling extra generous and has a $304 for me and Samuel, uh, we'll take you up on it. Sure, Adam will win. Yeah. Adam is rich. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're feeling extra generous, yeah, $450. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Star Wars is forever. Those books are still there. Read them. Celebrate the love. We'll see you next week. May the Force be with you. And remember, no matter what sequel trilogy there is, Legends, Canon, Solo, Mandalorian, I don't give a care. The only family you have here is me. See you guys next week.